Hi, ladies. So yesterday, while I was in the ER with my mom, I had time to start digging into Matthew. And I'm not sure why immediately I was just very taken with these gene genealogies, probably because um, for my whole life, I've just sort of ignored all of this and gotten right to now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, right? Like <laughs> the point of me reading Matthew is to read about Jesus. And so I've just like blah, blah, blah through that and then gotten here um, about Jesus Christ and started really focusing on it. But yesterday was while I was in the hospital, I really started what I'm going to show you here in a second. I really just started digging into this part. And so I down here at the in verse 17, so all the generations from Abraham to David. So here is, let's see if I can zoom in and out. Yeah, it looks like I can. So all the generations from Abraham to David. And so what I did here, uh, let me, oh, now it's not zooming for me. Seriously, there we go. So I went through and underlined, you know, the dad beget the son, beget the son, beget the son, beget the son, beget the son. Okay. So I went through and did underlined all the, the steps. And then I also wrote them down. Um, and that was a fairly easy thing to do. So I just went through the whole list and wrote them all down and then I didn't fit. So I flipped over the paper and started again. And then it says down here in verse 17, generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations from David to, to until the carrying away into Babylon are 14 generations. And then from Babylon to Christ are 14 generations. So that's a super cool thing that those are broken up. It turns out there are 14, 14, 14 generations. Okay. So I just had to know all of these things for myself. So I'm going to share with you my research and what I've learned. I'm, I'm embarrassed that I've been in the church for 50 years and did not know these things, but I will share this video with you. So you don't have to go 50 years before you know these things. So, um, this is going to take some time. Hope you have time. You can just listen. If you don't want to watch, you can totally just put it on a listen like a podcast. So, you know, you've got Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, um, if you don't know their stories yet, those are very foundational to the Christian faith and you should, uh, take some time and, and study Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Okay. So of course, Jacob had 12 sons and those 12 sons, um, they ended up going into Egypt. So Jacob had a son among his 12 sons. The one that this genealogy and Matthew stays focused on is Judah. And that's, be, that's because God made a promise to David that he would um, preserve his line. And, and also it was prophesied that Christ, where is it still in the film? It is. So Jesus was going to come from this exact line. And it's just amazing that that scripture has preserved this genealogy. So 
So you've got Jacob, he had 12 sons, right? And Judah, by the way, Judah's story is such a an important study. If you've not studied Judah himself, he's one of Jacob's sons. If you've not studied Judah, you need to because he was horrific. He was a terrible person. He did terrible things like um, pay a prostitute for sex and that prostitute turned out to be his daughter-in-law that he that was posing as a prostitute and he has a child by his daughter-in-law this dude is terrible and so his story is super important to know because it's a story of God's grace like this is how gracious God is and we've got to remember that um it doesn't matter how terrible we end up living life. God's grace is sufficient. We, Satan tries to use our failure to make us think we cannot accomplish what God wants to in our lives, but God's grace is that sufficient. So we read Judah to see how gracious God is. So, um, he has these, Jacob has these 12 sons and one of them is another story you might know, and that is Joseph. And, um, you know, Jacob gave Joseph his, you know, sort of as his favorite son, this coat of many colors and his brothers all hated him because he was the favorite brat of the family. And so his brothers sold him into slavery and Joseph ends up in Egypt. Now, Joseph is not a part of this genealogy because Judah is the one carrying the line. But that's how the Israelites end up in Egypt because a famine hits the land somewhere in the, in these guys' lives right here. A famine comes. Joseph is off in uh, Egypt um, taking care of, of food business and administration. And so they move, this family moves to Egypt and then they have child after child after child and then God delivers them from Egypt. That's another story I hope you study and, and you know as well. And so then after, um, after they're delivered from Egypt, Moses becomes the leader of the people. Now it's so interesting that the line of Jesus does not come from Moses. Isn't that interesting how the, the, the extension of grace is not about how powerful of a leader you are or how charismatic of a leader you are, how influential of a leader you are. It has to do with this constant state of surrender to the Lord. Not that Moses wasn't surrendered. That's not my point. My point is that, um, we, we, we would assume Moses would be in the lineup to get to Jesus Christ, for goodness sakes. Why isn't Jesus from the line of Moses? But he's not. He's from this line of Judah here. So they, they, they come out of Egypt. You get the story of the Red Sea, the wilderness, all those really amazing stories. And then they start living by the law. Then you've got, uh, Joshua, um, leading the children of Israel for a while. And again, Joshua is not in this lineup. Um, basically because, you know, once they come out of Egypt, um, Moses is the leader of Egypt. And then the tribe of Levi, not Judah, Levi is the priesthood. 
the tribe of Levi is the priesthood. And again, Jesus is not from that line. Jesus is from this line of Judah. And um, so the, the tribe of Judah, they these 12 sons ended up, their family groups ended up being called tribes. And while they were in Egypt, they stayed with that family, with within their families. And um, each family, the, each of these 12 sons um, had a a family unit that they ended up calling tribes. By the way, um, the last two um, uh, sons to make up these 12 tribes are um, uh, Manasseh and Ephraim, who are jo uh, Joseph's sons. So, okay, now we get down here to um, Boaz. And if you've read the book of Ruth, that's who um, Ruth marries is Boaz. So these are this is the line of Judah. These are the sons after sons after sons of Judah. And then you've got Boaz. And Boaz has a son named Obed. And Obed has a son named Jesse. And Jesse has a son named David. And David becomes king of Israel. And so this is just a really cool thing that um, David is the, let's see, grandson, great-grandson, great-great-grandson of Ruth. Um, and again, Ruth is another story of God's grace and mercy being all about, um, you know, God, God wanting to show himself. Here he is showing himself mighty as Jesus Christ. He comes from a line of grace, a line of grace, a line of grace, a line of grace. So then after, so that is 14 generations, just as Matthew um, 1, 17 says, from Abraham to David are 14 generations, okay? Now, this next part is is what the part that, that I had to study intently. So then you've got Solomon, who is the son of David, and you've got 14 generations here. Um, and you start seeing, I start getting all kinds of markings up here because I was trying to figure out some things. I know the Bible does not contradict itself. The Bible does not contradict itself. And so since the Bible does not contradict itself, you have to... Um, you have to look into things and rightly divide the word of truth because it is a, a here a little and and there a little and here a little and there a little line upon line precept upon precept and if you're going to fully understand the word of god and not let the enemy try to say the word is um contradicting itself you've got to do like I said, you've got to know these foundational stories, these foundational elements. And so you need to get in the scripture. And if you're not a reader, at least listen to the audio Bible. You've got to have these foundational things down. So we get from Solomon. Um, first of all, one of the things that you need to know is that the New Testament is written in a common language Greek. Greek was like English is an international language. And so if I go to Thailand, I can find some people who speak English and their first language is not English, it's Thai, but they can speak some English and 
their English has a little accent to it, right? If you, maybe you know um, somebody from a Spanish-speaking country and they've immigrated here, their English has a, a Spanish accent to it, French, French accent to it, and so forth and so on. So by the time you get to the Greek language, trying to speak these Hebrew names, there's a there's some differences in them. And so you've got to do a little research in the Old Testament to see which kings they're actually talking about. So um, we've got um, from, from Solomon, we've got Rehoboam, um, and then... From Rehoboam, at Rehoboam, the kingdom splits, all right? So from, from um, uh, who was king before David? Give me a second here. Uh, Saul, King Saul. So Saul was the first king of Israel, and it was all tribes of Israel were ruled by one king, Saul. And then Saul, um, because he disobeyed God, the kingdom was taken from him and the kingdom was given to David. And David was of the tribe of Judah. So now all of these kings are going to be from the line of Judah because, of course, Jesus is going to be that, that king that reigns forever of the tribe of Judah. Okay? So... Um, the kingdom is split though, and you've got two, two kingdoms with a very important history, the kingdom of Israel and the kingdom of Judah. Okay. So it would be as if, you know, back during the civil war, had they succeeded in splitting the nation in half, you'd have had the North and the South and perhaps even the West because in, at that time in the civil war, the West was not involved. So Thank goodness that that did not occur, but that is what happened here. The kingdom split. And so you have the kingdom of Israel and you have the kingdom of Judah. And this line in Matthew follows the kingdom of Judah, not of Israel. And so uh, um, I, I wish I had time to study all the kings. I don't. There's actually a fictional series Um Somebody can ask Cindy Calder. Somebody can ask Cindy Calder to comment on here when she gets a chance. There's a a Christian fictional series that I think was probably inspired by um, that TV show. Uh, what's it called? Something Thrones, Game of Thrones, maybe. Anyway, and it's it's the kings of of Israel and Judah. I don't know which line it follows, but nevertheless, it is quite crazy what they all do. And we're going to talk about that craziness down here, where you see I got tons and tons of of notes. <laughs> Up here, it's all very simple, very clean. And then it's like, yeah, what's going on? I start freaking out here in my study. So the kingdom splits at Rehoboam. Now you've got Israel and Judah. We're following Judah. Um, and again, you've got um, name pronunciations being different. Um, so you've got Jehoshaphat. That's a really cool story. That's a one, He's got a wonderful story in there that just kind of reiterates um going fighting your enemy through praise and worship because that's what how the Lord fought and won the war in this time and then you've got um oh, I, I did not write down what his Hebrew um pronounce pronunciation was it's probably Jehoram if I'm remembering right I think that's Jehoram and then you've got um 
Ozias is how it says it in Matthew, but this is also Uzziah. For those of you who know the book of Isaiah, Isaiah said, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. So um, he's called uh, Ozias in, in the Greek in Matthew. He's Uzziah. When Isaiah talks about him, he's also referred to as Azariah and Azarias. So sort of like, you know, just different pronunciations, but of the same name. And then you've got um, Jolotham, Achaz, or Achaz, I think it's Achaz. And then Ezekias, that's Hezekiah. We know the name Hezekiah in the Old Testament. So um, then we've got Manassas. And I, I happened, I just started, I wanted to know, I, know, I knew from Matthew um, 17, 117, that from David until the carrying away into Babylon. And so I wanted to know what year they were carried away into Babylon. And that was in, I think this one's it right here, 597 BC. But then I got interested in wanting to know the years of the other uh, other kings. And so he started writing them down as well. 609 BC, 641 BC, 670 BC. And then I wanted to know what enemies were bothering them because I know that the prophets, the prophets are constantly, all these prophets in the Old Testament, they're constantly giving warning, warning, warning about, you know, you get Israel, you better get your life right. You better get your heart right. You better stop worshiping those idols um, because God's going to send a pestilence and you're going to be taken into captivity. So, so then I wanted to know which prophets, I mean, which enemies were coming in. And uh, I didn't do that too much too far. Jehoshaphat, we know from that story I mentioned earlier that the Moabites came in, the Ammonites came in. Um, and then uh, let's see, when Manassas was king, they were dealing with Assyria coming in. Um, and then... When Josias was king, they were dealing with Egypt coming in and having a, and you know causing problems with them. Um, when these other countries would come in, they would usually just come in and like take their crops and make life miserable. Um, but they would they would allow them to you know keep saying they were king or whatever. And that was the case until Babylon came in in 597. And then we've got um, uh, Jacob. Jaconius, I think is how this is pronounced here. So here's the thing, though, that the reason I got all, all study bound, let me go ahead and flip this over. So then we get from um, when Babylon, so these this is the same line from Judah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Judah. We've got the line of Judah. We've got David, and they're carrying their line through. And then we've got um, the line is continued. They keep taking, keeping record of them until we get to Joseph, who was married to Mary, who had Jesus, okay? And so during this time is Babylon. Now, and then you've got, you go from Babylon empire to the Persian empire. You remember Esther, um, she married King Xerxes and he's the king of Persia. So, 
you know, Babylon wasn't the only ruling government. Then you had another empire end up taking over, but they kept keeping record of their genealogy. Um, and then Rome came in around uh, 63 BCE is when Rome finally took over Israel. And of course, during this time, I don't have it written down here when, um, but during this time they go back and they start, uh, you've got Ezra and Nehemiah. They start rebuilding Ezra and Nehemiah. For those of you who don't know, those are books in the Old Testament. And they tell the story of coming back to um, to rebuild the kingdom of, uh, rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Okay, so here's why I got really persnickety about studying this. Because people point out and try to say that the Bible contradicts itself and that Matthew is not a legitimate book because this, it says there are 14 generations, but there were more kings than 14. And so I want to explain what those are. So if you ever run into this situation, you can, um, you can, uh, stand up for the word. Here is why. Okay. Let me see if I can zoom this in a little bit. I sat down instead of standing because I got tired of it. Well, I'm going to try. Trying to zoom. Trying to zoom. Come on. You can do it. You can do it. There we go. Okay. So, where are the missing kings? People who want to um, say that this is not accurate. Where are the missing kings? So right here, you've got Jehoshaphat, and then you've got Jehoshaphat had a son named Joram. I didn't write down what his Hebrew uh, stuff was. But Joram did a really stupid thing and married somebody of the house of Ahab. I'm going to explain that in just a second. So what you have missing from this list of 14 is where this evil occurred right here. Now, Ahab is a, that's another very important um, study for you to know the evil of Ahab. Ahab married a woman named Jezebel. All right, let's go down here. Um, let me pull this off and come into the camera here. Um, Ahab married a woman named Jezebel. Ahab was king in Israel. Remember, this is following the, the kingship and the line of Judah and the kingdom of Judah. So um, she is, Jezebel is over here in Israel killing the prophets. Um, I think it was Elijah that ran off and, and God said, you know, why are you sad? Um, I've got, I have preserved, I think it was 400 prophets. Um, well, he ran off afraid because Jezebel had just killed all the people of God, all the prophets of God. So uh, Joram, the son of Jehoshaphat, Joram, who is in this lineup here, let's see, where is he at? What verse is he in? Um, Solomon, Roboam, that's where the kingdom split. Jehoshaphat, here it's Josephat. Jehoshaphat begat Joram. So Joram marries somebody from the household of Ahab. He marries a woman named Athaliah. 
And Athalia's dad is Omri, but the scripture is clear she's of the, he, and therefore she is of the house of Ahab the king. And that's in 2 Kings 8. And so God had said he was going to preserve um, that line because he made that promise to David. And so what's these, these kings that are not mentioned here, where's, let me get this out here. The kings that are not mentioned here between Joram and Uzziah are the children of Athaliah. Am I still in camera here? Yep, I am. The children of Athaliah, okay? So Joram and Athaliah have Ahaziah, Joash, and Amaziah, okay? Joram and Athaliah, Athaliah is from Ahab and Jezebel's household, they have a son named Ahaziah, Joash, and Amaziah, and those are the are the is the line that is not mentioned in Matthew one, and the reason they are not mentioned in Matthew one is because, um, in let's see, do it? Did I write down the scripture? Oh man, I don't know if I wrote down the reference. It might be 2 Kings 10.30. It might be 2 Kings 7.14. I'm not sure which of those. But nevertheless, there is a scripture in, in Kings that says, the prophet says to Jehu that he's going to avenge Jezebel who killed the prophets. And the house of Ahab is going to perish. He's going to eliminate them. He doesn't want um, them to be a part of the lineup. And that's why they are not in this lineup. So Jehu becomes king, and Jehu is king for four generations, and this lineup is gone for four generations. This woman, Athalia, of course, first of all, she's from the household of Ahab and Jezebel, and, and because of Jezebel, God was avenging um, the, the murder that she committed on the prophets of God, but it goes beyond the evil. This woman right here, who Jer uh, Jerome... Jehoram. Jehoram married Athaliah. When he died, okay, she's still alive. He's dead. Actually, Jehu, Jehu down here killed him. Athaliah is alive, and their son Ahaziah becomes king. When Ahaziah died, she's still alive, and this crazy woman kills everybody of the household of the royal seed. <laughs> she killed the entire royal seed and her daughter uh um took joash which was a baby and uh um Athalia's, uh daughter i think it's her granddaughter actually i can't, I can't remember but ahaziah's um her i remember that her name was um jehoshbeth because she's named after jehoshaphat she has the female version of the name Jehoshaphat, it's Jehoshbiat. But anyway, Jehoshbiat gets baby Joash and hides him while this crazy woman is killing everybody. And this crazy woman, Athalia, is queen for six years. And um, they they come against her, it's a whole story, you should know it. And um, they come against her and kill her. Joash becomes king, Amaziah becomes king, and then Uzziah becomes king. And of course, Isaiah starts in the year that King Uzziah died. And so 
Isaiah said, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. So God got his victory. And that's why these 14 generations do not include these reigning kings of Judah. Because God didn't want anything to do with them anymore. He wanted them blotted out from the history. He says so here. Matthew follows suit and does that there. And there's one other um, point of um, understanding. And that is that there is a king that is called Zedekiah. That is a king of Judah. But Zedekiah in 2 Kings chapter 2 verse... Uh, I think that might be 2417. I'm having a hard time reading my light writing. But anyway, Zedekiah is a man who's actually named, I think it's Matthias, M-A-T-T-H-A-S. Um, and the king of Babylon appointed him king and named him Zedekiah. And that is why he is not in this lineup. So don't be telling me, don't nobody be telling me that the Bible contradicts itself. It does not. There is an explanation for every word that has been preserved. Hallelujah. God bless his holy name. All right. Hope y'all have fun. I had fun. Um, also, by the way, this is such a fun way to make notes. Of course, I like writing all in my Bible, but making these extra notes like that, taping it in. I think we saw a little earlier when I was flipping through. Yeah. While I've been waiting on um, Matthew is what we're going to start on. And while I've been waiting on Matthew to get started, I've been reading Proverbs. And so I've been taking notes in Proverbs, but I have this really cool, um, it's called um, my creative Bible and I love it. It's beautiful. Um, I'm a colorer. I'm not a, I don't draw well, but I like to color. And so, um, uh, I, um, I, I, there's, I got this Bible cause I like to color, but I'm not coloring much as it turns out, but I need places for notes and they took all my awesome margins and put all their cute doodles in it. So this has made a world of difference. This is called washi tape. If you don't know, and it's tape like, um, like post-it note. Like a post-it note is sticky, so it, it can come off and on. I'm careful with it when I put it off and on, but it's very helpful. So my Bible journaling isn't the pretty artsy kind. It's um, extra notes. <laughs> yeah, anyway, God bless. Family tree. Yes, Jennifer, I love these questions. I love these questions. I wish I wish I had more time for this discussion. I'll FaceTime you, Jennifer. I love you.